0: This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about cybersecurity. And I'm very excited to have on our program a guy who knows a lot about this, somebody who's been in the trenches doing R&D and engineering around this subject. His name is Rick Duman. Rick, hi. Uh, Welcome to the program. I thank you for having me. Good morning. All right. So uh, Rick runs, it's SecNap, correct? Uh, That's the name of your company? That is correct. Right. And um, so before we kind of get into it, give us a little bit of background of like, um, you know, how you came to be doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah. So SecNap, uh, we started back in 2001 as a research and development company uh, focused on the cybersecurity threats at that time. Uh, specifically in the areas of intrusion detection, intrusion prevention. And ultimately, our, our work uh, did lead to a patent uh, filed and then ultimately awarded in 2009. Uh, our focus at the time was on identifying uh, intrusion de- intrusion's bre- breach activity um, and stopping that. And uh, that work led to the, a service model uh, commonly referred today as a managed detection and response. So we're able to uh, ad- identify a specific breach or ransomware activity that a, a client me may, uh, may undergo uh, and ultimately stop that uh, through our, our inline solution referred to as cloud jacket and then we also uh, then we also line that with uh, some solid security consulting some other areas uh, such as cyber hygiene that that clients can uh, can initiate to to improve their security posture
1: so you know, it seems like there's just all this information out. There's just you're hearing a lot of about breaches in the news and so on and so forth. Um, we actually cover this topic a lot in a lot of our webinars, but you know, it's uh, there's so much information out there um, about how to protect yourself. And you know, for for someone who's drowning in information, like what advice would you give to a law firm that just wants to know kind of where to start with this whole thing?
0: Absolutely, and and you're absolutely right. There is there is quite a bit of information. There's there's no shortage of press releases, announces, and and opinions of of which which approach to take. And um, and it is and it is difficult uh, for for most uh, legal firms, especially the smaller legal firms, which may not have resources in house to to fully understand the scope because it is it is different uh, different for for all for all companies. Uh, the first thing that uh, I think most clients or most law firms need to recognize is there is no quick fix, there is no silver bullet. And when it comes to security, the the idea of a set it and forget it mentality won't work. So the idea of of buying some sort of technology, implementing it and leaving it alone for three years, assuming it's going to keep you protected does not work, especially as the landscape um, has evolved, it's grown, it's gotten more sophisticated uh, and more automated.
1: Well, listening, it's like, it's an evolving cat and mouse game. You know, it's like when you know you shut one door and people look for another door. They find another breach. So, so if you sit and forget, you're setting yourself up for disaster.
0: Absolutely, and I think that um, that some some firms um, have somewhat gotten desensitized by this. They've been hearing for years. It's a not a matter of if, but when. And what what happens is they feel well, I'm not I'm not necessarily a target. Uh, but the reality, based on, on the reports going back years, when it comes to breaches and, and, uh, and threats in general, uh, is that the clients don't even know they've been breached. You can have someone sitting in on your network taking information for months before you even recognize it. And most of the largest breaches were exactly that, including Equifax. So if you look at the, uh, um, at the Equifax um, breach that occurred quite a while ago, once the, um, once the Senate report came out, they were sitting on that network for 72 days before they even were discovered. So with smaller firms that do not have the, the logging or the, the level of sophistication that an Equifax has, just think, think for, for a second there, how long could a, could a hacker uh, be inside your network uh, taking your sensitive information or personal information?
1: Yeah, well, so there's, um, I mean, intrusion detection is the one thing and preventing all this stuff is another thing. But then, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that network monitoring is like a big part of this. So l- let's say that a law firm does get breached. What immediate steps should they take at that point? Like, uh, are they any, uh, under any obligations, or, or what to, should they be doing?
0: Um, it's it's very important to understand what kind of breach or what what kind of incident. Uh, has occurred and and understanding the difference. Um, and regarding reporting, uh, there there are new laws. There's uh, there's new laws that have come out, such as GDPR and privacy laws, state by state. Uh, most have have some um, some requirements based on on reporting, uh, and it goes back to how was the breach discovered. In in, in many cases. A data breach was not discovered until a third party informed you because they found the FBI comes knocking at your door saying you've been breached. Um, in other cases, such as ransomware, they discover it based on the fact that they get a notification that their their data has been encrypted. Um, one of the first things that, that you want to do with any of those situations is, is look at your uh, incident response plan. What, what do you have in place if you, you have it in place? Uh, good practice, as far as cyber hygiene goes, uh, requires that you should be reviewing it. Um, and you should be reviewing viewing those steps do you have a cyber liability policy insurance in there because that that might have certain uh, certain steps uh, as far as reporting just like any sort of a disaster a fire or, or hurricane that your business might undergo uh, cyber liability is its its own standalone uh, standalone policy in many cases which which should have been reviewed uh, in the case of, of ransomware uh, one of the one of the most common uh, steps is to try to as as much as possible, uh shut down and and remove any what you suspect uh any any assets that have not been affected um try to minimize the impact as as, as quickly as possible to to help curb the um the infection and and to get some help if you don't have uh, a, a plan in place already
1: so there was an incident in central pennsylvania which is a place that I'm from and some of the attorneys there reached out to me to come do a c on CLE on cybersecurity and the the incident that happened was is that they were using Um, a cloud provider that hosted desktops so that you didn't have to like host your PC law or Time Matters or whatever application it was. They would log in remotely to these desktops that the provider was providing. And um, those desktops got ransomwared and the provider was not taking backups. So you ended up in a situation where law firms lost years worth of data. How does a law firm protect itself against such an occurrence?
0: That's a very loaded question, and the fact that the provider themselves uh, were not doing backup, uh, it could mean that the uh, the data was lost. if you If you're relying on a third party to to host all that data, you you do want to to check uh, to check that vendor to make sure they are proper uh, they are practicing proper cyber hygiene. they are taking backups, uh, and they are putting measures in place. In some cases, with some with some businesses, there's not much you can do. If that data is lost, um, as far as, as, far as the, the ransomware goes, that data, in many cases, some firms go out of business uh, because they cannot recover that data, and if that data is critical to, to the business itself. Um, in, in most ransomware incident response, uh, one, of the, one of the first things you wanna do is, uh, is contact the FBI depending on the strain of ransomware you may get lucky there, there may be uh, there may be an encryption key that uh, was recovered because of some of the efforts from from the FBI um, we're finding that in in many cases that that becomes that becomes challenging and, and that company might need to decide is do they pay the ransom do they not pay the ransom and that that involves its own um, its own challenges and and most from the FBI will say don't pay the ransom uh, cause there's, there's still no guarantee that you're going to get that data back. Um, some companies might want to take their own steps of, of backing up their own data separately if that is possible. Um, so that if a ransomware event does occur, um, you know, don't rely, if you haven't checked your vendors, um, you need to take it on yourself to, you know, to secure your business.
1: Yes. There's a lot of, and that's part of the, um, That's part of the ethics opinions about people using cloud services that you kind of have to know who you're getting in bed with. Now, there was a a, a report last year from the American Bar Association, the 2018 Cybersecurity Report. So here's an interesting statistic for you. So 34% of the respondents to the ABA 2018 Cybersecurity Report um, say that they have received a client security requirement document. So basically, the clients are requesting... Kind of a guideline or security document checklist from the law firm before they uh, engage them. So, how can a law firm be? What does a law firm turn over? How do they prepare for this? What do they got to do? Well, that's a,
0: that's a great a great question. A lot of it is is preparation. Most most of the smaller law firms may have not given that thought. Um, so it comes it comes as a challenge, uh, especially if they haven't put together some form of a a, a cybersecurity program. Uh, a lot of the questions that come from from those vendor requests uh, typically follow some form of a framework, whether that be NIST, uh, ISO, or CIS, uh, which have have similar questions. So they, they might want to review those checklists and and do some sort of a benchmark on their own operations and their own MSP to better prepare for that. Uh, because it's it's gonna take it's gonna take some time to 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 get back. And when you find, so for example, the what used to be referred as the, the SANS uh, top 20 which is a, a prioritized uh, list of, of controls that an entity might, um, might take, um, it takes some time to build that out and to manage it. It's not, it's not just answering yes, but also documenting and showing that a security control or practice, which usually involves ongoing maintenance and monitoring, uh, is being practiced. And you might need to have that evidence if, if you're asked to, to show that, yes, you are monitoring. Uh, your systems you are monitoring your alerts uh, if that is a requirement uh, from that vendor. so it would be it'd be wise if if you're practicing commercial law uh, to to get a hold of some of those checklists and start reviewing it yourself to to figure out um, to figure out where you stand um, and there are some there are some added um, uh, recommendations outside of that also such as dark web monitoring which usually is not covered in some of those older older checklists um, uh, as a good benchmark to see, You know, do you have uh, do you have have your IDs been compromised at at some form or fashion via a third party?
1: So the dark web, man, that is an interesting topic, and I would love to have you back on to talk about that in more detail later. Um, Now, you guys have a checklist of sorts so that law firms can kind of work through to see where the see how they stand in terms of uh, cybersecurity preparedness. Do you not? We do. Yeah. Um, So what we'll do is we're we're going to post a link to that in the show notes. Um, so that people can go and uh, download this thing. And, and um, also, Rick, like if somebody wants to get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about what you do, or SecNAP, or if they just have more cybersecurity questions in general, um, how can they best get in touch with you?
0: Sure, so you know, our website, www.secnap.com www.secnap, uh, forward slash legal, that would be uh, the access to our checklist and through our website. Uh, We do have a a form they can uh, if they've got general questions or interests um, They can certainly fill out a form we'd we'd be be happy to to engage in a conversation and and provide some some form of guidance to see how we can help
1: That's great. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show today and let's get back together and talk about the dark web I look forward to it This is the 10-minute law firm podcast Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content.